Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to it. Time for the start of another edition of the Chicago City Cast. As always, presented by Bet Rivers. And just like the usual, I'm Danny Burke, your host. And you can always get in touch on Twitter at Danny Burke 5. Tons to get through on this Friday edition of the CityCast. I mean, the Cubs game got postponed. It was an afternoon game anyway, so we really weren't going to hit on it too much. But it looks like there will be a double header against the Dodgers this Mother's Day weekend. By the way, happy Mother's Day to all you beautiful mothers out there. It's usually a great weekend, and I'm not saying it can't be. Of course it's going to be. We got the Kentucky Derby. We got a big UFC card, 274. Oliveira taking on Gaethje. We were talking about that on Rush Hour last night. If you want to get my interview with Lou Finacaro, who I consider the best UFC handicapper in the biz, check it out, VEASAN.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, But I was going to say, you know, this weekend always kind of signifies weather changing. Coming around the corner to the sun coming out warmth and just happiness in the Chicagoland area because it's Mother's Day weekend. You're spending time with your family and your mom, of course. And a lot of families, myself included, we would always make our way down to the Arlington racetrack. Unfortunately, we can't do that anymore, which, of course, is a bummer for all of us here in the Chicagoland area. But at least we got some ponies to watch on Saturday. And we'll, you know, we'll try to fill the void somehow on Sunday with plenty more sports betting action. I am quite sure of it. Um, But look, we got, like I said, a lot to get to on the show today and we'll talk plenty more on rush hour so again i implore you to check it out 5 to 6 p.m central time vsin.com v-s-i-n the vsin app fubo tv or sling tv 
or YouTube TV, the Xfinity app, and like we said, iHeartRadio and the Marquee Sports Network. Now that the Cubbies game is canceled, we'll be on there for the full hour. I'll tweet out those links at Danny Burke 5 where you can follow along. But let's get into it, folks. We've got baseball to discuss. We've got NBA postseason. We've got the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I'll give you a little bit of action for the Kentucky Derby. Now, full disclosure, I'm not big into betting the ponies. I really only get involved when it's the Triple Crown races and especially the Derby. But I've had a few experts on the program giving out their picks and naturally reading VEASAN's Derby betting guide. Check it out, folks. It's only $9.99, VEASAN.com. And it'll give you all the info you need. If you're someone like me who's not, I guess, religiously into betting the ponies, you're going to want this useful information. So I took a little bit of advice from them. So I'll tell you how I'm looking to play the ponies for the Derby this Saturday at the end of this episode. But let's go ahead and begin talking some baseball. The White Sox taking on the Red Sox out in the American League, 6.10 p.m. Central Time. Boston opening up as a minus 179 favorite. Big favorite for a team that's been slumping over the Chicago White Sox, who opened up catching plus 150. Total open date ticked up to 8.5. Can't say I blame that total going up considering the pitching matchup of Vince Velasquez, who has not been great, and Nathan Eovaldi, who has been okay, but also a little bit concerning with some of his stats. To go further along into Eovaldi's numbers, I mean, look, he's 1-0, he's started five games, he's got a solid ERA of 2.51, but here's where the concerns lie. His FIP, 4.45. Very, very tough to trust a guy with that FIP. Also, very tough to trust a guy who's got a home run to fly ball ratio of 24%. Remember, league average is 10%. But then he brings it back because you look at his whip and it's 0.94. He's only pitched one home game this season versus the Blue Jays when 4.2 innings pitched, allowed seven hits and just one earned run. The Red Sox defeated the Blue Jays 2-1 in that matchup. Now, Eovaldi in four career appearances, along with three of those being starts against the White Sox, he's got a record of 2-1, 5.63 ERA, One of them includes a 10-strikeout performance over six and one-thirds innings and a win on April 19, 2021. What about the White Sox? Well, you got Vince Velasquez out there, and uh, anecdotally from White Sox fans, I know a lot of them don't really trust this guy, and from a betting perspective, I don't blame you, and I wouldn't want to. And I get why the market is where it is. By the way, uh, the number did, you know, it... Went down a little bit toward the White Sox, depending on where you saw the opener. But at Bet Rivers, now you're seeing Boston minus 175 and the White Sox plus 148. Total, like we said, ticked up to eight in the hook. Run line, if you want to take it with the White Sox, minus a buck 50. If you want to lay the run in the hook with the Red Sox, plus 120. All right, Velasquez, one and two, 4.58 ERA, 4.34 FIP. So the ERA equates to what his actual ERA should be. His whip is concerning, 1.47, and 36% of his hits or his balls pitched that are being hit are considered hard hit. Again, you don't want a high percentage of hard hit. 36% is teetering to a little bit too much for my liking. Now, he's got one road outing under his belt this season, and it was really bad. I mean, it was at Minnesota. He went 3.1 innings pitched, allowed eight hits and five earned runs. The Sox lost that game 9-2. So this will be Velasquez's fifth, or excuse me, sixth career appearance and fifth start against Boston. 
He's got an 8.47 ERA in 17 innings against the Red Sox. And he was just tagged for eight runs in two and one-thirds frames uh, last July 9th at Fenway while he was pitching for the Phillies. So he hasn't done too great against them. Hasn't done too well this season. The White Sox, yeah, they've got momentum now in a three-game winning streak, whereas the Red Sox have actually lost their last four out of five games. The injuries keep loading up for the White Sox. Andrew Vaughn will not travel with the team. He's now on the 10-day disabled list with a bruised right hand. The White Sox, we know, don't fare well against righties, okay? They got a 586 OPS. Against lefties, they're around the 800 mark. And on the road, they only have an OPS of 651. So you can understand why the Red Sox are the favorite. Boston, although their bats aren't that hot, 655 OPS at Fenway, 626 OPS versus right-handed pitchers. And the Red Sox bullpen ain't too great, guys. I mean, they got an ERA of 4.50 and a whip of 1.30. White Sox have a bullpen ERA of 3.48 and a whip of 1.32. Do the Red Sox deserve to be the favorite? Yes. Should they be a big of a, as big of a favorite as minus 175? Uh, absolutely not. So I get if you would think there's value with the White Sox in that sense. But if you're someone who's like, nah, man, I can't trust Velasquez. I can't trust this White Sox lineup on the road here against a team that still can be and should be competitive. Then I think your best option to do is the run line with the Red Sox. Because more often than not, if they win, it's not going to fall on one, right? I mean, sometimes I'll do that instead of the run line. That's, that's okay to do that a lot of times. But, you know, can you really justify laying minus 175 with this Red Sox team? Probably not. So at that point, I think you lay the run in the hook with Boston. You take the plus 120 value, and that's the way you look to approach it if you're looking for an outright winner type of bet. All right? That's the way I would go about it. For the total, I don't hate the idea of betting this thing over. What's concerning is that both of these teams offensively have been struggling, but the pitchers are bad enough that you could get an ample amount of runs. And then at that point, though, can the White Sox get you enough runs? I feel like Boston could come alive not fully there that the White Sox can. So a slight lean to the over, but if I were looking to bet it, I think you'd take a, take a, take a chance here with the Red Sox on the run line because you're getting plus 120. If it was closer to, like, even money, I'd say, eh, just don't get involved. I'm not going to get involved, but I'm saying if I did, that's what I would do, the Red Sox on the run line, plus 120. But I actually do have two plays that I am making officially. Then I'll list out as Danny's Dimes tonight on Rush Hour. And, well, since I didn't have a show yesterday, I'll give you a, a little sneak preview of it here on the CityCast with two baseball plays I got. But before we get to that, really quick, I just wanted to update the AL Central odds for the White Sox. I mean, you know, we talked about this in what price range we would look to bet the Sox. And honestly, it had been several days since I looked into it, and I'm a little appalled by how short it is now. And it's not a bad thing. Look, we can grab some value on it as betters. But, you know, I was talking with, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, week and a half, whatever the hell it was, uh, I had Paul Sporer on the show. And Paul, very respected in terms of in the baseball betting community and just analytics crowd. He works at Fangraphs, where I get all my analytics and stats, at Sporer, where you can follow him on Twitter. Now, I asked him because it was still a struggling White Sox team. I said, look, at what point do you see a value in a bet with the White Sox to win the Central? 
We know they're injured. We know the division a little bit better, but not much at what point. And he, I think he said, like, if you get into the 150 range, that's where I'd probably dabble. Well, fast forward to right now, the White Sox are minus 106. Yes, minus 106 at Bet Rivers to win the AL Central. The Twins plus 135. The Guardians are 9 to 1. The Tigers are 16 to 1. And the Royals are 20 to 1. The White Sox currently are three games back. Here's the thing. Do I want to bet the White Sox at this price? You bet I do. Do I think we could get a better price? Yeah, I actually think we have a good chance of doing that. I mean, assuming we just talked about the Red Sox and their chances to beat the White Sox tonight and maybe have control of this series and the struggles of the White Sox overall, but especially on the road, let's have some more patience, see if it's still worth the play, and see if we can't get a better number here with the White Sox to win the AL Central. Or maybe they get momentum from what they did at the friendly confines. Maybe not for this game, but overall series winner. So I'm going to wait to see what happens tonight. I'm going to wait to see if that shifts the odds at all. If we can get this like even money or better, how the hell could you not take it this early on? I'm telling you, I think you got to wait just a little bit. And then we pounce on the Southsiders. And you know what, folks? You know what? If they don't end up winning the AL Central, they're injured all year. They're just not hitting. So be it. Think about how big of a favorite they were to win the Central before the season, right? And considering how early on you're getting this value and knowing that they should still win it even if they didn't because of unforeseen circumstances with the injuries and whatnot, I don't think it's one that you feel bad about. I think it's one you go, you know what? We played it well. We played it right. It didn't go our way. So be it. And that's not an attitude you want to have usually with any of your bets, but in this situation for a futures bet with a favorite that was a huge favorite that is absolutely live and you're getting a way better price early on. Like if this was the end of August, we'd be having a different conversation. But man, we got the whole summer to go. So let's wait to see this value with the Sox and then we'll jump in on it. All right, let me tell you some bets that I am making on baseball not in the future, but for tonight. Let's take it out to the West Coast, ladies and gents. The Giants and the Cardinals. This thing opened a pick'em at the Bet River Sportsbook. Total opened at seven. By the way, how about all these low totals? Dead and ball. Maybe just blindly hammer the unders. Don't actually do that, but uh, certainly consider that as opposed to betting the overs. I know I talked about that in the White Sox and Red Sox game, but man, I think I got burned by an over in the White Sox game like last week. I'm not getting into that officially again. But all right, this game for the Cardinals, for the Giants, minus 125 is where you're seeing San Fran currently. Remember, it opened Pick'em. So big movement going to San Fran, a team that's desperate for a dub. They're currently on a four-game losing streak, whereas the Cardinals have won their last four out of five games, and they beat the Giants last night 7-1. Total for this game, like we said, still at 7. Shaded to the over, minus 122. Do you want to lay the run in the hook with San Fran? Plus 165. If you want to take the run and a half with St. Louis, you're laying minus $2. So this is going to be a unique game for the Cardinals. A bullpen type of game, right? Because Jordan Hicks is pitching. The righty, this season, they're trying him out as a starter. Hadn't happened before in his career. He has started, I believe, um, three games. Yeah, he started three games this year. He has not gone further than 3.1 innings pitched because he's typically a reliever. 
Now he's 1-2 with a 3.65 ERA, a 1.22 whip. Ding, ding, ding. Here's a concern alert. His FIP, 5.29. And his home run to fly ball ratio, folks, is 33.3%. Yikes. 10% is league average, remember. Now Hicks has never started against the Giants. However, he has pitched in two relief appearances. He was kind of banged up out there for three runs and four hits in two innings. Kind of licking my chops at that, but first let's investigate who the Giants are throwing out there to start. Alex Cobb. Now Alex Cobb, we should be having higher expectations for compared to what he's actually done. I mean, he's 1-1 one one with a 5.40 ERA. That scares you a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely should. But not when you look further at fan graphs, folks. This is where you split it between the public and the pros, the pros and the Joes, whatever you want to call it, right? Because they'll just see the 5.40 ERA. They'll see Jordan Hicks 3.65 ERA. They'll see that the Giants are on a losing streak and they just lost to the Cardinals yesterday. And they'll go, man, how am I getting plus money with St. Louis right now? Give me that all day and twice on Sunday. Plus 108, baby. I'll take it. But you have to consider that Alex Cobb, while yes, his ERA is 5.40, his FIP, the true indicator, is one8 Eight zero, Huge discrepancy there, ladies and gentlemen. What about his BABIP? Batting average of balls in play, 452. That's terrible. League average is 300. But what does that tell you? That tells you that either A, his fielders ain't helping him out too much, or B, he's getting unlucky. When you see a BABIP that high and you compare it to the FIP, and if it's that high with a low FIP, that just means he's getting unlucky, right? These hits are just dropping left and right in spots that can or that typically wouldn't happen, okay? His ground ball percentage, though, this is where it brings it back into the confidence column. 73.3%. How the hell do you even swing that? We're looking at 40% to get a guy there. He's at 73%. It's incredible. That's what, like, typically his left on base percentage would be. But nah, he's got a 73% ground ball percentage, 0% home run to fly ball ratio, meaning no home runs have been hit. Knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't happen tonight. And a whip that also a little concerning, 1.90. But then I'll bring you back with another stat. The, the balls that are being batted in play, only 16% are considered hard hit. Incredibly low, which is great. So long story short, I'm throwing all these numbers at you folks. You don't know what the hell I'm talking about. All I'm saying is the line movement has gone to San Francisco. This is going to be a pros versus Joes type of betting game. You want to be on the side of the pros here, and you want to be on the side of the Giants. I'll get further into the analysis on rush hour tonight, but I'm taking the Giants on the money line minus 125. I'll talk more about the hitting splits. I'll talk about the bullpen, but I'm telling you the Giants are the play in this game minus 125. So count me in for San Fran. Other game I'm playing tonight, still out on the West Coast, the Mariners and the Tampa Bay Rays. Seattle open minus 120 at Bet Rivers and Tampa Bay plus 105. Short total once again, big shocker, open seven, remains at seven. Money line now for the Mariners, remember they open minus 120. Now they are seven cents higher, minus 127. The Rays are plus 110. If you want to go with the run line with Seattle, plus 175. If you want to take it with the Rays, it is minus 225. Look, the Rays have won their last four games, and they beat Seattle 4-3 last night. The Mariners are now on a four-game losing streak. 
But the interesting note about this one, we talked about bullpen games. This one will absolutely be one. Tampa Bay did the same thing against the Cubs. They're going to start Matt Wisler, Matt Weisler, however you pronounce his name, and then they're going to transition to Josh Fleming. Now, Fleming, who's going to get the brunt of the workload, has gone 15.2 innings pitched. He's got an ERA of 6.32 and a FIP of 4.05. 20% home run to fly ball ratio, 396 BABIP, and a high whip of 1.85. And folks, he's been terrible on the road. 8.10 ERA, 395 WOBA, which means weighted on base average, and a FIP on the road of 6.70. Further along, if those numbers didn't convince you not to trust him, he has faced Seattle three times. Two of them were starts. He's got an ERA of 4.73. So you're like, yeah, I really don't want to bet that guy, right? Well, let's still consider who Seattle's thrown out there. Oh, it's our guy Logan Gilbert, who we took a flyer on to win AL Cy Young. The dude just won AL Pitcher of the Month. The righty is 4-0 with a 0.64 ERA. FIP, 3.06. BABIP. 225, remember league average is 300, home run to fly ball ratio of 7%, remember league average is 10%, and a whip of 0.93, league average is 1.30. At home, he has pitched one game versus the Rangers, didn't allow any runs, okay? At Tampa Bay, he's already faced the Rays, 5.2 innings pitched, allowed just two hits, no earned runs, and seven strikeouts, my friends. Logan Gilbert has been a menace, and we can take advantage of it. And that's what I'm looking to do. Again, I'll get further into the analysis of this with the bullpen stats, uh, the hitting stats. But the line movement for this one, not as intense. But if you shop around, and by the way, uh, the Mariners won that game at Tampa Bay 8-4. to The game that Gilbert started on April 26th. So not too far long ago. But yeah, I mean, Gilbert's been a stud. Why not back him here? The slight line movement. Seattle's been a lot better at home in terms of hitting. It's going to be a bullpen game for the Rays. Why not go with a potential Cy Young candidate? Yeah, I said it, and Logan Gilbert. So give me the Mariners, also minus 125. Again, we'll get further into it on Rush Hour tonight with not only the Mariners play, but the Giants play. But that's what we're rolling with tonight in baseball. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Chicago City Cast. Coming back, NBA postseason, Stanley Cup playoffs, and some Kentucky Derby wagers that I've got for you, all dialed up and ready to go. More to come. Stick with us. It is the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three leg, same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, we're back in action here. Part two of this Friday edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host. Plenty of NBA action this evening to look forward to. Maybe not plenty, but a couple of games at least. The Miami Heat, a small road favorite against the Philadelphia 76ers. And then we got a pickup with the late game tonight, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Dallas and Phoenix, the Mavericks looking to get into the W column. 
just as much as the Sixers are. So the big news or the big wonderings, I guess if that's the way you could say it, is if Joel Embiid is going to play in this game. So he officially remains listed as out. So I'm recording this Friday morning. But Underdog NBA, which is the best Twitter account to follow for updated injuries, status, all that crap, uh, at Underdog underscore NBA, tweeted out status alert, Joel Embiid, in parentheses, Orbital, has cleared concussion protocol and participated in shoot-around Friday, but still officially remains listed out, but could still be upgraded like we saw with Devin Booker at the end of round one against the Pelicans. So bet this game accordingly with that information. With that news coming about, I'm going to be honest, I'm banking on the fact that Embiid is going to play. This line got up to three and a half. Now it's down to two at Bet Rivers. All right? So again, consider that. Maybe the sharp money is telling you that they believe Embiid is going to play. Is that going to make a difference in your eyes? Is that going to be enough for the Sixers to get a dub? They got a solid home court advantage. I'm not going to lie. They're plus 112 on the money line. The Heat are minus 134. Short total, 210.5. I love Embiid. I have the Eastern Conference Finals ticket on the Sixers team, 8-1. to It's not going to come through. Or plus 850, whatever the hell it was. But now I've been sweating out so many more bets with this Heat team. I don't know if I talked about it here on the CityCast. So forgive me if I am uh, just repeating it. But here are the bets that I did with the Heat. So we did the Heat to win the series, minus 170, before the news of Embiid came about. Then it got shot up to a way bigger favorite, but we were locked in minus 170. Talked about it here, talked about it on Rush Hour. And then before game two, I bet the Heat on the series spread, minus one and a half, meaning they could win in a sweep, they could win in five, they could win in six. It was minus $2. I said, hey, you know, when people talk about value, you always think it's plus money. But to me, that's a value play despite laying $2 because I think it should be minus $3.50 at that time. $1.50 difference, right? Big difference. The Heat won that game. Obviously, that's not going to be offered now. Or it's going to be, you know, way bigger odds. Uh, before that, also, I did the Heat to sweep at plus 325 and the Heat to win it in five games at 2-1 to one odds. Well, if we take a gander now, ladies and gentlemen, and see where these odds are at, the series price does have the Heat minus 1250, the Sixers 7-1. to one. And if you look at the other areas, the spread series outcome, it's minus 2.5 at minus 195. So again, you're almost at the same price and you're getting worse because it has to cover 2.5 games instead of 1.5. And then also the exact scores, the Heat to sweep now instead of plus 325, it's plus 225. And the Heat to win in five instead of two to one, folks, it is now plus 150. So even if it doesn't come through, you can look for a way to get the best value going like I did saying, all right, well, look, the Heat are going to win game two, no question. Odds will be different. And I still think it's a bet that could come through, which I do. Even FMB is playing. The Sixers they're coached by a guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Doc Rivers, keep putting in DeAndre Jordan. That's fine for me with all my heat bets. It's not fine for your team. Sixers, James Harden, not the score you thought you were getting. He's past his prime, it seems. And even if MB goes, is he going to be 100%? Even if MB goes, is that going to be enough? You got Bam at a bio to counter. You've got a great defensive squad in Miami, a lot of depth, and a great coach in Spolstra. 
So I still have confidence in Miami, but here's what I would do if I were you and you like Miami. Wait. Wait because if Embiid goes in, this game probably maybe goes down to a pick'em, right? I think that's where it opened at or right around there. So have a little patience. If Embiid is in, then jump in on the better number for Miami, okay? Conversely, hey, if he's out, well, look, here's what you can do. You can lay a spread if you still have enough confidence in the heat or lay a higher price on the money line if it goes back to like three and a half. I'd probably lay it up to like minus one. Well, actually, you know what? Personally, I probably wouldn't lay it. But if you do have that confidence, then look to attack it that way. And I'm saying I don't want to lay it because I'm already invested in the heat so much and needing them to win this game, to win in a sweep or in five, that I'm not going to get involved again. But if you haven't and you want to, that's what I would do. Could be a gentleman's sweep. Sixers are good enough to do it, but they haven't displayed that they're good enough to do it in the postseason. So this will be a fun game. This is going to be a blast. I'm pumped. Both of these games are exciting. But we'll keep you updated by the time we get to rush hour. Hopefully we know. Might talk some props as well. Uh, the Suns and the Mavericks tonight. Man, this one's a pick em. Total's at 219.5. Is Phoenix kind of becoming a little bit uh, insufferable as a team? Like, they went from incredibly likable to still likable and cool and fun during the regular season to now. I don't know why I just have some disdain toward them. I really don't know why. <laughs> I mean, they're fine. Like, if they won, it wouldn't, like, hurt me or ruin my day. But, like, I don't know. I kind of want to make it a series out of the Mavericks and Suns. I like rooting for Luke. I like rooting for Jalen Brunson, hometown kid. I think the Mavericks will steal at least one of these games at home. So you could bet this one. If they don't win, yeah, I'd probably look to bet game four, maybe. I mean, it's tougher because then you're almost diminished at that point as a team facing the sweep. But as we know, the refs want to extend these series. That's what the league tells them. More revenue, baby. We heard uh, Tim Donahue talk about it. Yes, the infamous Tim Donahue. I believe him. It makes sense. The NBA refs are a clown show, to say the least. Scott Foster, we're looking at you. But yeah, I don't know. I give a slight edge to the Mavericks. Probably won't bet it. If anything, we'll do in-game. But this wouldn't shock me. Actually, here's maybe what I would do, honestly. This always happens, it seems, right? Like, a team down 2-0, you get the home crowd behind you. You come out hot, right? Maybe you look to bet the Mavericks in the first half. Because, yeah, you're even seeing that um, with the spread at 2 instead of the full game of Pick'em. The good teams prevail. I'm trying to think what was the most recent example of this. Maybe it was the Warriors in the first round. Maybe it was, maybe, I, I don't know. I'm having trouble remembering here. But the point is, even if that team wins or doesn't win, they always seem to come out hot in the first half. And then, if the, again, if the team is good enough in the second half, they'll figure it out. But that first half angle is what you're looking to approach. So that could be a way to look at it, too. Because what, the, uh, the Warriors did that. Okay, that's... All right, now I'm remembering. I'm sorry. I'm trying to like even remember who the hell they were playing against the Nuggets. So, right, the Nuggets, what? They had a pretty good lead when they first went back home, and the Warriors still came back and won it because they're the better team. But in the first half, because you know you need the desperation win, like a team like the Nuggets, like a team such as the Mavericks, you go out there, you look to crush it, and you do. But at the end of the day, you don't have a good enough team to compete. You don't have the depth. And the better team will prevail. I could absolutely see that happening with the Mavericks and the Suns. That might be a bet I actually make. But honestly, 
I would just look at the money line. It's kind of high, minus 157. So maybe, yeah, but you have the possibility to push and win by two and win by one where you're laying the spread, you know, minus two. I don't know. That's just me and how I operate. That's my silly brain when it comes to betting the NBA. Shop around, see if you get a better number. But yeah, maybe Mavericks first half. I don't hate that idea. All right, let's switch over to the NHL now. Stanley Cup postseason. Just wanted to talk a little bit about this. I don't really love any of the games tonight. But it's funny, I, you know, we took the Lightning on Monday. They got blown out. But my strategy was take the Lightning on the money line. If they lose, take them on the series price because they'll be a better dog. Better price. They were plus 185. But because of the fashion they lost, I didn't have any confidence in them anymore. But lo and behold, they go and win game two. So good for the Lightning. The Lightning are now minus 117. The Leafs are minus 104. Before the series, Tampa Bay was plus 110. After the loss in game one, they were plus 185. Then they knotted it up. Now they're minus 117. Tampa Bay won that second game 5-3. to three. The Lightning went 0 for 5 on the power play Monday. Then 3 for 7 with the man advantage on Wednesday. Defensively, they were 4 for 4 in killing penalties in what felt like a must-win game. Tonight, as you look at this line movement, Tampa Bay open minus 110. You're seeing them anywhere from minus 110 to minus 120. At Bet Rivers specifically, you're seeing the Lightning minus 113. If you want to lay the puck in the hook with Tampa Bay, 2-1 to one odds, good value. If you want to take it with Toronto, minus 245. Total is at 6.5. I kind of like the Lightning in this game. And it seems like almost a recency bias kind of thought, which is what like my inner betting objective self is telling me to stick away from. But honestly, that was a huge win for Tampa Bay. And I still thought and think they're the better team. In Toronto, on the road, they weren't bad. They were 23-13-5. Tampa Bay at home, 27-8-6. Vasilevsky, I want to pull up his splits really quick. Um, on the road, Vasilevsky, excuse me, at home, Vasilevsky a lot better. 28-4, 2.23 goals against average and two shutouts. The only shutouts he had were at home. And then on the other side, Campbell for the Maple Leafs, if we look at his splits. At home, he was 19-5-1, 2.22 goals against average. Here we go. Here's a discrepancy for you. He's 12-4-5 on the road, which isn't terrible, but... He's got a goals against average of 3.14. Once you get into the three-plus territory, that kind of signals a, a red light in a sense for me to not want to trust you. So maybe I will get involved with the Lightning. I'm curious to see if there's going to be more late line movement going that way. Because I was searching at some other books too, even like in Vegas or just, you know, offshore a little bit just to see where some movement may, may have been. And there really weren't too much movement-wise. And a great tool to help you out as well, folks, VEASAN's betting splits. So it tells you the percentage of bets that are being taken in the handle so you can get an idea where the sharp money is going. I'm telling you, it's a great tool. It's under the VEASAN plus tools category when you click the respective sport. But for example, we're seeing, let's see, the Lightning are getting 78% of the, oh wait, sorry, I'm looking at the spread. I need money line. There we go. All right. Um, the Lightning are getting 68% of the money line bets, which is accounting for 72% of the handle. So, again, a majority of the bets are being put on the Lightning, but also that could signal some both pro and Joe money going with Tampa Bay. So, I kind of agree with it. I think Tampa Bay is the play. I might end up 
making that an official Danny's Dimes on Rush Hour, I think you should consider it too. And look, I don't hate the idea of Tampa Bay minus one and a half at two to one odds. That's just really good value. Just because of the empty net at the end of the game, always a possibility. You're getting good value for it. If you want a little bit more security, though, take a look at Tampa Bay on the money line. What about the Hurricanes and Bruins? This series is fascinating to me. Even though Hurricanes, uh, they're up 2-0, which is great. We have our Stanley Cup futures ticket on them. Ranta's the backup. He's been playing well. But he got banged up with Pasternak. And he was practicing yesterday, so he should hopefully be able to go. All right, their third stringer was in the net. So what can we expect here? Well, the money line has Boston minus 129. Carolina plus 110, short total of five and a half. Now, the money seems to actually be going to Carolina again. Okay, so it's going to be the third stringer. I cannot pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Uh, Piotr Kokchetkov. 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 I don't know. You know, I'm not even going to edit that out because that was just pretty hilarious trying to pronounce his name. Um. Yeah, Piotr, he's starting for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's 3-0, 2.42 goals against average, 90% saves. I apologize for butchering the name. I feel like I got to be granted an exception for these Russian names. Uh, so my apologies to anyone out there. If you know how to pronounce it, let me know. Uh, anyways, this could be one of those things. You add the spark from the other goalie coming in the mix. I, you kind of rally around it, right? Movement's been actually going to the underdog in Carolina. Bruins, who knows what to expect out of them. The good thing for Boston, they're putting in Jeremy Swayman, who I believe is the better goalie instead of their other guy. Uh, terrible radio right now. Terrible podcasting right now. It's not even that I don't know it. I just can't remember it right now. Uh, shoot, I just had it in the back of my mind. What the hell is his name? You get my point. Swayman's better. Uh, I think he's a better goalie. Yulmark, that's who it is. Yulmark. Uh, Swayman, I believe, is the better goalie. He's got better stats. I would trust him more so. So I really would almost put this, you know, I would think the advantage would be with Boston, but the market's telling me otherwise, kind of, so I'm going to stay the hell away. As for the Wild and Blues game, we cashed on the Wild the other night. I would want to bet the over here. I would think the Blues could bounce back. I'm not touching anything, though. But six and a half, if he could get a six and you're willing to pay a little bit more. I don't hate that idea, but they're charging a little too much at Bet Rivers, like minus 148. Maybe wait in-game, actually. See if it's kind of a drought to begin with and then bet over. That's probably what I'll do. So that's my short take for the Wild and the Blues. As for the Oilers and the Kings, I think, because I'm doing like this pool for the Stanley Cup postseason, I think I actually had the Kings upsetting the Oilers. I don't mind taking the Kings as a home underdog here, plus 123. I don't like Mike Smith and goalie for Edmonton. I know that they just dismantled the Kings after the Kings won game one, but still not a big Mike Smith fan. Jonathan Quick at home, not that Los Angeles has a good home court or home ice advantage for hockey, but the value there, I mean, Edmonton is one of the most, probably the most volatile team in the postseason right now. So I would look to take the plus money with the Kings, if anything. Again, I'm not saying I'm playing it, but that's my lean for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So again, if anything out of those plays, folks, I would probably put at the top of the list the Tampa Bay Lightning to take a lead on the series at 2-1. Before we head out here, Kentucky Derby thoughts. Now, I'm not coming on here doubting myself as a pony expert. This is me taking tidbits from guests that I have had on the show. Sean Alvarez, 
being one of them. And throughout VEASAN's Kentucky Derby betting guide, check it out, VSIN.com, $9.99. Not only do you get the analysis, insight, everything with the Kentucky Derby, but you get different bets to make in all the races, including the run for the Roses. Good stuff, solid value, check it out. But based on what I've collected, my outright winner is going to be the 12-horse Taba at 12 to 1 odds. I'm not really going to even bother you with the reasoning why. This is literally just me hearing other people and deciphering what I like and what I'm rolling with. So if you want to be on team, whatever Danny's betting, I'll just tell you. And I'll probably do an exact box of the three-horse Epicenter, the six-horse Messier, and the 12-horse Taba. That's what I'll probably take a flyer on. And Dan Leach, got to give a shout-out to Dan Leach. Because uh, Dan Leach, our guy, hosted the Detroit City Cast. He came on the show and and uh, gave out a uh, a play for the Kentucky Derby. Charge it. So charge it is the horse I believe Dan Leach gave out at the beginning of the week on Rush Hour. 20 to 1. Might have to ride with our guy Dan Leach to hopefully cash a long shot. Fellow City Cast fam. So got to give him some love with the horse. I'll take maybe a little flyer on charge it. But yeah, Taba. It's kind of a widespread race, it seems, from everyone who said. I mean, there's no, like, favorite to get the Triple Crown here. So, you know, wide open. They like to see that sometimes. But we're looking forward to it. Let me know what you're betting, not only with the Derby, but also what you got for the Stanley Cup postseason, what you got on the hardwood, and what you got in baseball. We'll sweat it out together, ladies and gents. At DannyBurke5 on Twitter or DBurke at VEASAN.com if that's your preferred method of conversation. But let me know. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope you have a good weekend. Let's hope we get some good weather around these parts. Let's hope we're able to cash some winners. All righty. Take care, folks. Be sure to check out Rush Hour, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, VSIN.com, and the Marquee Sports Network. We'll talk to you on Monday.